0: day, guys. Welcome to another episode of COVID Convos where we speak with real people about what wellbeing looks like uh, in a pandemic. My name's uh, Justin Griggs or Griggsy, and I'm joined by my two co hosts, Kesh. All going well, mate? Yeah,
1: man, doing all right
0: excellent and simon
1: all good here Griggsy. how about you buddy
0: yeah really good actually uh my i didn't mention it to you guys but my uh, uh one of my, my niece was born this morning at six um a.m so hey, congratulations to awesome. yeah congratulations to my sister-in-law um amelie and brother-in-law anthony on uh, their arrival so really excited by that. But obviously some challenging times with not being able to visit them. Um, anyway, that's, that's another story. Um, we're very pleased to uh, have, and I'll see if I can get his name right, uh, Philibert van der Schlein. Uh Did I get that right, mate?
2: Uh, well done, well done. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much for joining us. And um, I was gonna say, we'll, we'll just maybe refer to you as Phil in a really Aussie, uh, keeping the Aussie uh, spirit of this, um, of this show. Uh, Phil, how are you? um, Firstly, do you want to start by explaining um, uh, a little bit about yourself so that guests can uh, understand where you're coming to us from and and a little bit about you?
2: All right, um, so I'm um, I'm Belgian. I'm a PE teacher. Uh, I'm now working as a head of PE and athletic director for an international school in Shanghai um so my background i started really early with sport um with martial arts actually and that's actually what gave me the how do you say the passion of teaching um so really early i was uh in uh in a national team for that martial arts and then i like it was natural to start studying uh, first physiotherapy and then uh, physical education. So I was a physical education teacher and then I did an extra master in um, sport management in the UK. Um, After uh, teaching for a while, I had a go at management, uh, which was not really my uh, interest in the end. Uh, I had a really nice stop at the UN at one point for the Office for Sport Development and Peace. So all the way actually to link uh, sport with development. So um, how to use sport as a vector for development. And after that, I went back to teaching, which was clearly my passion. So I just had to do that kind of, uh travel uh, in and out the industry to see that actually teaching kids was uh something i was uh made for and um after spending some years in uh, an international school in uh, belgium i decided to leave and i had different choices there i could choose spain los angeles or china and i choose the most exotic one and here i am in china for almost two years now yeah with a a little part of exotism with the coronavirus crisis of course
0: that's that's an amazing story and i'm sure a lot of people um, uh, who have thought about changing careers will really respect the fact that you've um you have actually taken that that winding journey to to sort of explore whether indeed teaching was was what you wanted to do Um, i'm I'm interested you're in china so and i think in shanghai um and one of our first questions is always how how sort of your life been affected by by the covid situation
2: um so the thing is so uh, i i was i was in christmas in uh in belgium i was i was back to see the family and everything and uh and even at that time we we could already see uh on some um chinese social media that something something was was going on and it's only the um, actually the the 31st of, of december so the actually no the the 1st of January, we received some news already that there was something wrong, that uh, that there was a virus and uh, it was something serious. Uh, and at the time, we went back to China. Um, so it was the 5th of January. We had two weeks of teaching. So, um, so yeah, when we, so when we came back to, uh, to Shanghai, we knew there was uh, something going on and, and a lot of our colleagues that are Chinese, uh, were um, concerned because they were, they were having family in Wuhan, they were having family also in, uh, in, uh, in Hubei, and the Chinese New Year was coming. So, so we were not really prepared of what to do. Then the 17th of uh, January came, everyone was on holiday for two weeks, and nothing was, was said at the time. So I went to uh, Thailand and Cambodia, not knowing uh what was going on and um and then the school uh contacted us to say like okay school will be closed uh we won't uh, be back the i think it was the second of february we won't be back at school so you have to think about ways to teach online so at the time i was on holiday but i was already okay it's not holiday anymore i have to prepare Online teaching now. I have to think about what I'm going to do when I'm back. Um, I have other teachers under me that I have to guide because I'm the head of PE. So there was like a lot of, yeah, of decision to take, and um, and of course we couldn't follow the curriculum as it was. We had to change everything and and do some stuff that we have never done before. I mean, I was, I never thought one day that I would be in front of the students through a computer. For me, being a sport teacher is actually a physical experience. It's actually being in close contact, having a social interaction with the kids, and never I would have thought to give PE lessons to a hundred kids in front of my computer from home. So that was like, a it, 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 had, it, it was really like I had to change my way of thinking to be able to adapt to that situation.
3: Um, Phil, that was obviously a couple of months ago, so you've, you've, you've done some of that teaching now online and, and made some changes and adjustments and learnt a lot, I assume. What would be, well, over in Australia here, we're about to go into our first term of um, teaching from home, so uh, it's going to be an in- interesting experience. We're just at the starting point, I suppose. Is there any advice or maybe a one key lesson learned or um, something you do differently um, that you might be worth relaying to other people starting their journey
2: all right so um so so the thing is in in china we we were the first i mean to be in that situation like um as i said earlier um i mean the whole world looked at us like it was a car crash on the side of a motorway so we were cast away and 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 no one really could help us in that situation because no one lived that kind of situation before so in china we were the first to teach online so we did a lot of mistakes and the good thing is that there was like a a big pe from for from my, my my domain but for the whole domains i think of, of teaching get together and share a lot of information and that's key i mean don't keep your good ideas for yourself please share as much as you can um you're going to make a lot of mistakes i mean we are not trained to be online teachers uh none of us is none of us are youtubers generally i mean some of you are of course but uh but you discover a lot of different skills um by doing so um the first thing i'm going to say is it's going to be super frustrating because you're not trained you're gonna you're gonna be given some some apps uh, or some programs to, to use that you never used before. The kids never used before. So you're gonna have to learn really quickly how to, to use all these tools. And it has been, the two first week were super frustrating. It was not working properly. Kids were not responding properly. Uh, I was doing exercises that, that were not picked up uh, directly by the kids. Super frustrating. Um, I think the first thing you have to think about is um, the, um, the, the psychological effect that, that virus has on the, on the population and, and on your kids. I mean, they are super sensible and, and psychologically, the fact you stay at home without having the proper information because uh, obviously the Chinese don't give the proper information, but clearly the Europeans, the US or the Australian don't give the proper information. And I think the teacher is actually a good relay uh, to, um, uh, to give a feedback to the kids and, and, and to, to discuss all this matter. So, more than PE, all the psychological um, uh, discussion has to be there too. And so, half of my PE lesson was just a discussion with the kids to see, like, hey, do you understand the, the, the problem here, you know, and, and, and what to do uh, in that situation so uh, my first lesson were, were, were quite simply like like hey wash your hands uh uh wear a mask when you if, you if you have to go out uh now you can't go out anymore we are going to do only exercises indoor so i had to think about a lot of exercises that you can actually not do anywhere else and at home and maybe some of you have a house maybe some of you have a huge apartment but in china i mean i'm living in in 30 square meters and 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 that's most of the kids are living in the same situation. So you have to think about activities that you can do at home uh, with little material. So because you don't have a bowl, you cannot throw a Frisbee or whatever. Um, So the the most, uh, the easiest way uh, to do PE at the beginning is for me, in my sense, was to do some fitness. All right, some really easy fitness, uh, stay active. Um, don't forget that inactivity is really bad for you. So a lot of theory about maybe nutrition, um, body activation and that kind of stuff. And of course, a lot of, uh, little, phys- um, uh, physical activities. I did a lot of Tabata, uh, workshops. So it's like four minutes trainings that you do twice or three times per day. Uh, so a lot of different little activities. Yeah. At the beginning. Phil, you, sorry, you, I took a lot. I took a lot. Sorry, <laughs>
3: that, that's totally fine, mate. It's all interesting stuff, and I'm sure a lot of our um, teacher viewers and listeners are, are taking notes or going to replay the episode to get a few tips. Um, you mentioned about the psychology of, of the students, and and um, that's a really interesting point um, for me. I've got a couple of young kids and going to be trying to homeschool them ourselves. And but how how did you see that, um, or how did you um, see your role um, in helping that element um, of kids in your role as a teacher and and did it change over time? Um, you know, I have this sort of impression that kids are quite adaptable and resilient, but obviously um, they're all different and they're all little human beings, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, what's your experience with um, how the kids went psychologically?
2: Um they are more resilient and, 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 and they can adapt way better sometimes than, than the adults. It's just a different situation that they are put in, a bit like a video game, and, and, and then they just keep going. Uh, actually, I was quite impressed by, by, the as you said, the resilience in, in that situation. Um, the thing is, the kids are going to be stuck at home with, with the two parents, um, with no routine anymore, you know? I mean, they have to have a plan. And I think school, in that term, was a really good schedule in their life you know i mean in china uh, so the kids had school from nine till four uh, so for example now i just stopped uh, my i had my last hour of the day uh, just uh, one hour ago um, and so the kids s- six to seven hours per day are at school online um, and i think that this kind of uh, routine um, keeps also, keep them also healthy more than adults that sometimes they are at home but they don't have a work anymore. They, 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 they are way less uh, active than their kids. Um, the problem is, I mean, in China, they have the one child policy. So most of the family have only one kid. Sometimes they have two, but it's quite rare. Uh, so having a computer for one kid and uh, being able to do online teaching is all right. But if you have two or three kids and you have to work yourself, Will you be able to manage that kind of situation? So, in, I don't know. I don't know. It's in, in, in China, I guess, I guess the kids were, were quite um, adapted quite well. But still, there were a lot of questions uh, about the virus and how it's how it is going to affect their life. We don't know when um, the quarantine would stop uh so it was like lots of a lot of questions that we that we had to answer and and the problem is that even as an adult you don't have always the answers so it was more being con- how would you say to comfort them uh that was important and uh, and just be there to to be a good listener you know and as a teacher it's for me it's like one of their role i want to i think
1: there's something really important in this and it brings me back to uh a friend of mine, Tom Bronzel, who we will get the chance to talk to pretty soon, um, and he's done a lot of work with trauma-informed education. And one of the things that I've picked up from his work and the work of Berry Street is we're very quick to try to, you know, do well-being or teach people things, right? But when you've just been through something, you kind of there has to be a period of fixing the stuff that's become dysregulated, right? Giving time for that stuff to repair first, and then you can teach people, right? Because if you're teaching people and they've gone through trauma or they've gone through something difficult, um, and you basically walk into your classroom and everything's dysregulated, there's no stability, um, then how can you expect them to learn? Or how can you expect them to you know do an exercise that builds their well being or their health, right? Uh, and one of the exactly. things that um, Tom's always really kind of put out, which is counterintuitive, is rhythm. And you just talked about that. The the classroom and the school creates a rhythm for people's lives, whether they know it or not. It's this regular structure that they can kind of hang everything off. And without that, you know, as a teacher, your main role is to repair that stuff that's dysregulated so then your kids can learn, right?
2: Totally. Um that was also um that was also something that, uh, that is um, quite important. At the beginning, um, every teacher were going to teach their class as usual. Okay, you're going to give one hour, then you're going to give assignments. No, 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 It's not possible. You are in a situation that is, I mean, the kids are at home. They have to be self-disciplined, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching for um, 11 till 15 years old self-discipline is something that is quite complicated even in china and um and you, you have to manage that also and that's going to be super frustrating because you are not there to look over the shoulder what they are doing they are i mean you are trusting them to do some work and uh and the thing is for most teacher that has been like i'm a p teacher so i'm actually i'm quite all right but for the math or the the english teacher and and having the kids um to do some homework it was crazy. I mean, don't give too many assignments to your kids. Give maybe one assignment per week. And that's already a lot uh, because you're going to see that the kids, are, they have to deal with a lot of different situations. They are not at school. They are not in the learning environment. They are at home. They have all their games. They have their video games. They have their mom, their dad, their sister brothers that are doing a lot of different things. They have the situation. We have to do some grocery shopping. We are stressed. Uh, you can see that your parents are stressed. Um, don't expect it to be school it's not and that's why i think the the response from the chinese government uh was to advise us not to grade our students anymore so now for um so school is going to start the 6th of may now so we know it uh since a week so for three months kids had no grade the assignments were just commented and we were giving them like advices on how to perform better but never we were grading the students and 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 this time is is, is, is done i mean we don't count it for for school so my advice here is even as a teacher even if you want the kids to perform perform, perform because they have exams they won't have exams i mean school will start in europe will start in september it won't start now so even in France, they say school is going to start the 11th of May, it's, 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 it's crazy, it's mm-hmm. crazy. In China, we start the 6th of May. If you start the 11th of May, you're, you're going to put your whole population at risk, but that's just my advice. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm not a politician. Um, don't assign too much to your kids. They are living in a stressful situation, as Cash said. It's, it's important to, to heal first, to, to, to adapt to the new situation and then you might start to build up and up and up, but don't push them. Really don't push them.
3: Phil, I I think that's, again, great advice. It's just managing the expectations, I think, is um, a big job, especially at this time, Um, and going a bit easy on yourself and easy on your kids um, about what can be achieved. So, again, good to hear um, that from your experience being a couple of months in. also, a really interesting, Keshe, with your comment about uh, the, the coming out of the trauma. I saw a little bit on the tally last night, which reminded me about the massive bushfires we had in Australia um, yeah. back in early January, and it was like, man, that yeah, that happened, and then we're straight into the coronavirus. Like, I think there's been uh, a real sort of lack of, yeah, processing that as well. So, I think that's sort of hanging around um, on people's shoulders in Australia, at least. So, Um, and then uh, they've been straight into the coronavirus. Phil, I just wanted to ask, so it sounds as though you're saying um, school's resuming, you're going back to -to face-to-face classes, um, what is it, 6th of May or something like that? Um, Yeah. So how is that? sounds as though then restrictions are easing up, um, life's sort of starting to get some normalcy back to it, is that where things are at more generally in, in,
2: in your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, the twenty-seventh of uh, of April, all the schools resume for the Chinese school, and then um, the international schools are uh, starting the sixth of May. Um, actually, we had some troubles to um, to get our some of our teachers back. <laughs> some of the teachers are uh, still in uh, in Australia or in the UK, and uh, they cannot come back to the to China anymore because China closed their borders um which is actually i think is a good good decision but uh now for three weeks uh china has closed their borders um for the situation here for the for the quarantine and everything um so actually everything get back i mean people started to get back to work the 9th of february so we only had three weeks of um how do you say confinement Uh, two to three weeks of confinement in Shanghai and then all the essential jobs started to get back with a rotation. So for example, it was like one person out of three could go back to the factory or could go back to their work Uh, and then it started to get back and back and back up until March and in March we started to have um, at the end of February, maybe March, we started to have all the bars and restaurants opening up again. I mean restaurants were open but they were just doing deliveries at the time. Um, so they just started to go out and out. Actually, as a citizen, you could go in Shanghai, you could go out all the time, you could only go out once per day. And uh, in my neighborhood, so I'm, I'm I'm living in like in a compound, like a lot of people in China are living in compounds. Uh, you were checked the temperature, then you would go out, you would could go to the pharmacy or to the supermarket. Uh, you had to line up in front of the pharmacy or the supermarket that were the only two things open and you had to respect three meters distances. You couldn't go out of your compound without a mask. Okay, face mask is mandatory. You cannot go out without it or you you just get arrested directly. Um, And then uh, when you enter the shop, you get your temperature checked. You get out of the shop, temperature checked, get back to your compound. They know you, but they still check the temperature. So I think I've never known my temperature so well um and again i mean you go you go to the shop once a week you're not going to go three times per day to get your coke oh i forgot the the pasta i'm going back and that's what i see in europe and it's it's totally crazy i mean that makes me mad um so 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 yeah it's just people have been scared people have been scared of the virus directly and 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 they're scared for their life and they were scared for their parents their their grandparents their friends and it's it's for me, it's just common sense and being just em- empathetic, you know? And when I see Europe, it's, uh, ah, makes me, makes me mad, makes me mad, yeah.
0: Well, I'm so just, I'm
2: just gonna sneak
0: in a cheeky question um, here about the temperature, um, because I've seen the videos that you were doing, um, some of the workout videos that you're doing for, uh, for your students. And I'm interested with the whole temperature thing, like, did you have to then wait after, Because obviously your body temperature raises when you're doing a workout. Do you then wait
2: until you go through a temperature check? Or what's the go like with that? Yeah, was, I was thinking about that because I, I was always stressed out, you know, that, that I would get taken, you know, by, by their, I don't know, like police or medical stuff and get put away in quarantine because I had temperature. But, uh, but no, actually, uh, no, even after uh, cycling uh, back home, uh, my temperature was still uh, below 37.3 um but yeah like like a funny a funny story well not really funny but like three weeks ago i had um like i had really stomach ache and i had to at one point i had temperature i, I had to go to the hospital uh, i was only like 37.5 or something and yeah you stress because you say like damn if that's coronavirus i'm i mean i don't want to have coronavirus in china and then uh, yeah you call the hospital and they tell you like hey you have to check first so you go to the hospital in five minutes they do a CT scan of your whole body and they know if you have it or not, and that's it. And so actually the test in China is just like, okay, they're going to check your nose and your mouth, and in 15 minutes it's done. And, and you know if you have it or not, and then they, and then you follow the treatment. And actually, again, China has been so efficient uh, to, to, to tackle it because whenever they have a suspicion of coronavirus, they, they test, and and, and, and and again, everyone is taking social distancing, uh everyone is wearing a mask no one is kidding with that and 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 that's why when i when i see like oh china is lying china maybe they are for sure they are okay i'm not gonna say the opposite they are but europe has way more deaths than china for sure for sure they just don't i mean it's just a respect of the rules that is different so yeah in in this bad event that was my hospitalization i had to stay in the hospital for three days because i had appendicitis uh, in the end, yeah, I have been super well-treated and, 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 and everything was done properly. So, yeah.
1: Just that story around testing alone, you know, like Grigzi's um, father-in-law was sick for a couple of weeks and they couldn't get a test. Um, I know in Australia, to get a test is kind of, you know, rare and hard. We, we talked to someone from the UAE, same sort of thing. They got, they called up, thought they might be sick um got told to stay home so like just the fact that you know they took you in for a ct scan, like that's massive like it's it's clear that countries are struggling with the resources and they don't have testing but to have that kind of response that we're taking this extremely seriously i don't see that in a lot of other places mm. briggsie
2: yeah, but 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 the thing is, and 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 when you think about it, China. I mean, overall, not Shanghai. Shanghai is clearly like an advanced city, but but Shanghai uh, China overall is a third world country. You know, I mean, U.S. Europe is always looking down to China. I mean, it's it's when you see the wet market, you know, where 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 supposedly the coronavirus started. I mean, that's how the hygiene is. You know, it's really bad, and and in the end. They are able to do that kind of response and being effective in the testing and so again my my question is like what were or i mean it's super political now but what were our government doing for three months i know since the first of january what happens in wuhan i know that something is going on and and yeah and, and now we are in april and what is the response i mean it's been four months what have you been doing guys it's crazy and, uh, I, I mean, I was, I was, of course, I was um, worried for my family, and, and uh, I decided end of February to send out masks to my, to my, to my family. And so I, I, in one day, I could use, it's called Alibaba or Taobao here, it's like the, the, the Chinese Amazon. In one day, I had 500 masks delivered to my house, and China was on, under a shortage at the time of, of masks, and I still get 500 in, in, in a day at the end of the shortage. So. It was, yeah, it was beginning of March, so the shortage was the fifteenth of the fifteenth of February, the shortage ends. Because every industry in China that could produce masks produced masks because it was it was necessary, you know? Yeah. And no one no one questioned themselves. Yeah. And even even Ford Ford in, in, in China started to do some uh, ventilators, so it's possible.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's so interesting the whole the whole mask situation and um, like we still don't have a mask here um, in Belgium. But uh, yeah, it's it, we just got yeah, no. so so tired of asking and not being able to find any. It's it's just like well, there's obviously not any not going to be any coming any anytime soon. But I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure it will eventually. But um, yeah, sorry. I was what, what were you going to say, Phil? Yeah
2: no yeah in the in the last month so i send first i send like a hundred masks to my to to to, to my parents then a hundred masks to uh, the rest of my family my sisters live in london i send a hundred masks uh same 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 with some friends that are that are doctors and nurses in uh in uh sorry
3: that i was just gonna say all you need to do Griggsy is track down phil's family in belgium and um grab some of their masks mate <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds like yeah. um, so, sounds like I might be uh, might be asking Phil uh, for a couple off, <laughs> off air. Um, but look, we have we have actually run uh, run right out of time. I can't believe how much um, how quickly the, our time together has gone. But thanks a lot for joining us, Phil.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no worries, and um, we, wish, we wish you and your family uh, all the best in, um, in the times ahead. Hope, especially uh, being um, over in Europe, and um, we hope that uh, that, that everything will, um, will end up okay for everyone there. Uh, I was just gonna say thanks, thanks to everyone for, for joining us, and um, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, this chat. If you would like to
1: share, uh, like, or subscribe, that'd be fantastic, uh, but in the meantime, you stay healthy, world.